Salutations. This is the Untitled Josh Cast, episode number 59. My name is Josh Gershman. I am joined, as always, by my co-host and co-Josh, Josh Hammond. Hello. Hello. Welcome to our weekly podcast of pop culture, news, politics, or whatever else we feel like talking about. To interact with the show and for updates on future episodes and other fun stuff, you can find us on both Twitter and Instagram at JoshCastPod. You can also catch us weekly on Twitch at twitch.tv slash untitled joshcast. If you would like to support the show, you can subscribe to us on Twitch using your Amazon Prime account or via a regular subscription or on Patreon at patreon.com slash untitled joshcast. Now, back to the show. This is our episode of way too many thoughts and feelings about TV shows. Um, This is the... The premise of this episode is like, what if we were in charge of television and what shows um, need just to exist again? What needs to be rebooted? What are some of our thoughts and feelings and ideas about said rebooted shows? Uh, Before we get into that, I have a funny story to share with you of something that happened to me literally this morning. Um. I am making travel plans for the first time in a year and a half, which is very exciting. And part of these travel plans is uh, going to a a friend's wedding. Well, technically, it's not the wedding. They had the wedding. The wedding was going to be last year and then got postponed, but they got married anyway. But they're doing the whole thing. I don't know what you call this, but that's what's happening. Um, So if you've ever been invited to a wedding you'll get like the the hotel info and it's like, use this group rate for a discount. So we got this info and I'm looking through and I'm like, okay, this is fine. And what I've been doing for like the past month is just like looking up rates of flights and hotels and everything and then not booking anything. Cause that's my favorite thing is just to like look at stuff and not buy it. So then I go in today and I'm like, you know what? It's time. It's time. So I go back to the hotel thing for the wedding and I notice that the price is much higher than it was previously. And I'm like, this is weird. What's going on here? I then went to the public website for the hotel and the prices were identical. And I'm like, this is clearly not a discount. What's happening here? So I called I called the phone number that's listed And I spent 30 minutes on the phone with a very friendly guy at the group rate phone line. Um, How friendly? Let me tell you how friendly this guy was. Uh, Apparently, here's what I learned is that his he and his colleagues, I can't remember his name. I feel like it was Tony. Tony and his colleagues play a game of trying to guess where you are based on your zip code and or area code. And when I was. First of all, it took like it it took this whole phone call was 30 minutes. I kid you not of trying to track down the right information. Uh, Turns out the group code changed. Spoiler alert. Uh, Anyway, I was finally getting to the point where I'm like, okay, can I just give you can I just book this without having to go through all this again? 
And uh, when it got to the point of giving him my zip code, he was like, is that New York? And I was like, yeah. And he was like, yeah, he was really excited that he could guess where my state was based on my zip code, like really, really excited. It's important that people find things that make them happy in their job. I know I, I get that. Believe me, I do. I was just really surprised. I wasn't expecting to be on the other end of it, is all I'm saying, especially this morning on a Sunday when it's rainy and I'm calling this guy and wherever, wherever he is. I don't know. It was a time. He was real excited. OK, that's my little fun, wholesome anecdote for you, uh, which is too good not to share. Now. Let's get into this TV business. Um. In thinking about that, so this 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 topic had been bubbling in my head for a while. We have been talking in on stream and in other forums about How I Met Your Mother and the new upcoming series with Hillary Duff, How I Met Your Father. Um, that series is it's it's weird because it's like a reboot and a spinoff and a thing. Um because it takes place in the same universe as the original show, but the past of the original of the past of the new show is going to be 2021, which is the future of the old show. So like the characters could still exist. They'll just be like four or five years older whenever the first show ended. I can't remember. But then the future of the new show will be like 2040 or something, whatever the appropriate age up is. However old Bob Saget was supposed to be older than Ted in the beginning of How I Met Your Mother, something like that. It'll be like 2040 or 2045 or something like that. I think the I think the future of the old show was 2030. I feel like that's right. Anyway, so that got we talked about that. And so, like, that's the kind of thing that just got my brain spinning about other shows that. They need to the other shows that either. A, just need to come back. B, need fixing. Or C, um, some, something else. Like they were just like, there was just something, something, like they could use something else here. The sauce that was, the the special sauce from the show had, it needs to come back. So, um, in doing so, I pulled out of my head and then did a little additional research on the internets of like shows that were canceled too soon shows that like from the like 90s and 2000s the ones that I would remember the most and um I wrote down 20 television programs which I understand is a lot but I don't have like I don't have like a TED talk about each show no pun intended I just have thoughts and feelings which is, as per usual, what happens on this podcast. It's pretty much what we do. I have broken them down into categories. So like one category is shows I just need more of. Another category is shows that I want spinoffs of. Another category is ones that like need need that could just do a whole reboot, like a reboot, fresh start of a said show. I have a whole other category of terrible final seasons that need fixing. Um, and then I just have other, an other category here. And, um, 
I don't really know what to do with these shows. I feel like there's something there, but I don't really know what to do with them. Um, so it's a lot of material, which I understand. I don't think I don't expect this to be uh, like a 17 hour podcast at all. Um, but I imagine there'll just be some fun things to chat about and uh, listen to me wax nostalgic about. Okay. Um, I'm going to start with, I'm just going to kind of go through this list here in no particular order. I'm going to start with just what's at the top of the list, which is this just a show I need more of. And that's news radio. News radio is a sitcom from the mid, I feel like mid nineties take place at WNYX, a news radio station, get it, a news radio station in New York City. Um, just a fantastic fish out of water. Dave, um, well, I can't remember his name. It's escaping me. Dave's the new station manager coming in from a small town, taking over in New York City. So many great people. Phil Hartman. Oh, I love Phil Hartman. He was in this show. Um, just a fantastic show. Great premise. Baby Joe Rogan before, way, way before we got modern day Joe Rogan um, as just like the all purpose guy who fixes things at the, at the, at the station. News Radio was just such a great show. I'm actually I'm actually going to combine this with another entry on the same category, which is Studio 60 on the Sunset Strip. Because they both fall under the category of like shows about shows. News Radio was a show about a radio show. Studio 60 was a show about a uh, basically like a Saturday Night Live style show. Both of which... um, well, Studio 60 only had one season, so that was very sad in and of itself. I have no idea what happened with that show. Uh, News Radio went on for three seasons. Um, I think that's right. Three or four seasons. But post Phil Hartman, it definitely wasn't the same. But obviously he did not leave the show. He did not leave the show. He was killed uh, in real life. So like that's why it wasn't on the show anymore. But it definitely wasn't the same without him, um, which is very sad. I just love both of those shows. They're so good. Studio 60, I feel like it kind of fits all of the categories because one, it was a very funny show and a premise that like hadn't really been done of the this kind of thing, of creating like a Saturday Night Live analog. They purposefully put it like in California, not in New York, to be something that was not Saturday Night Live. Pretty sure they even referenced Saturday Night Live in the show. So like it is a universe that exists with like at least two of these late night sketch comedy kind of shows, um, which I like that. I like that it wasn't trying to like replace that in that world. But for a show that had very studio 60, that is for a show that had like very purposeful conversations about like race and diversity. It was a very non diverse cast and a non diverse show. And I feel like that's where the reboot fresh start of it could come in to like actually have more than white male voices running the show, literally running the show um, and writing the show and that kind of thing. Uh, It was good. It had its moments. Um, I think it, I don't know what, it's hard to say. I can't say what Aaron Sorkin was up to at the time, but like it deserved better. 
And I feel like a, a fresh start reboot could give it a second life, if you will. I think there's room for that. I think like also because Saturday Night Live has been around for 700 years, it makes sense that there would be a alternative. So like if we can't have a real alternative, we can at least make one up and put it on fake television that as an alternative. I don't know. That's why I think that show was so good in the first place. But it just didn't get it just uh, it was just it could have gotten there if it hadn't been canceled after one season. But it never got the chance. We got to bring it. We need, we need more. We need to like we need to fix it. Bring it back. That's what I'm saying. So there's two different directions that I want to take this. One is I have my own show I need more of, but I think I'm going to do that afterwards. Um, top three shows about shows. Of all time. What would they be for you? That's a really good question. Um, top three shows about shows sports night for sure. I love sports night sports night. However, I will, I will actually let you know it's not on this list because like, I don't even know where I would, I don't even know where I would put it. And I kind of like, as much as I want another season of that to see all what happens, there's like this big culmination of things that happens right at the end of season two that I would love a season three for. I don't know. It's not on the list, but Sports Night is on my top three shows about shows. I would say. What else is on this list? Um, the Mary Tyler Moore show. Fair. The all time classic. Um, and that we got far less of like the news program in the station that she worked than these other shows. But like, still it was, it was very much about that environment. And wow, that's tough. Yeah. I'm in the same place. I can do two, but I don't know that I can do a third one. I can do sports night and I can do 30 rock. Um, I think, see, like, here's a, like 30 rock might be my 30 rock. My, 30 Rock's another show that needs it needs it. 30 Rock was kind of in that same in that same vein of the like sketch variety show and all the stuff happening behind the scenes. Um, Yeah, I, I felt like. It was weird that like the show took place on NBC, like inside of the NBC fictional universe, the show exists. Um, like I get it. That was the whole premise of the show that 30 rock is the literal address of NBC in New York city. Um, and they, they definitely, they definitely did things that like real NBC would never do. Like the way that they went out of their way to promote, I think it was GE. They were like, they had like a weird toaster promotion at some point. And like, they definitely did stuff to push the fake show envelope that the real, like a real show could never do. So I can respect that. Um, That was a good one. I think my third one is going to be space ghost coast to coast. Oh yeah. Space ghost is good. Um, that was good. It's a, it's a, it's such a fun concept for a show. Uh, and like, you could just, it's the kind of thing that can just keep going. 
unless it gets canceled prematurely. For sure. Um, so the show that I have that's similar to this where, you know, it ended well, it doesn't necessarily need to be updated. I don't even know if I would want it to be updated, but I'd like to see where everybody is now is Cheers. I would love to see oh. a updated season of Cheers, just as long as they wrote it the same way. Same writer, same cast, like no real updates. I just want to know where everybody from that show is. I like that, too. Uh, um, speaking of Cheers and very real spinoffs that happened, one of the shows that's on this list, one of the categories I didn't get to was reboots that we're already getting. How I Met Your Mother is one of them. Frasier is another. Apparently, we're getting a Frasier reboot. Um, Interesting. Uh, I don't know how. I don't know. I don't know how or where or why. Or when? I don't know any of those questions. I just know that it's happening. Um, and I'm interested in it because I loved Frasier. It's a great show. Um, talk about shows about shows. Frasier is top of that list. That's like, yeah, I can't believe I forgot sure. about that only to talk about it right now. I also forgot that it was based in like a radio station world. Yeah. Um, Jumping in here. Yes. Um, I did a quick search on this and Kelsey Grammer said in an interview on James Corden that it's a different story, but it's the same group of characters in a different setting. Something has changed in their lives. So that's literally all he has said. Interesting. Um, and the, the dad is it, part of it has right? to be with like the, the has to, exactly part of it has. to. Yeah. Part of it has to deal with the fact that the dad has died. Um, and so it would have to deal with that. Um, and it also says that like, obviously some of the same people that could be included would be like the original cast, but it doesn't, it doesn't specify if everyone is coming back or what. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see. I'm with you though. On the cheers side, I think, I think cheers, cheers was a great show and like one of the most popular shows on television at its time. Um, and I'm, I wonder I wonder if there's been any behind the scenes movings and shakings about a, a, a show like that, you know, not necessarily a reboot of Cheers per se, but in the something in the homage in the in the honorarium section of doing something in the model of Cheers. The cool thing is about it's this article that I just pulled up is that it also says that the way that they reference the Frasier reboot is it says it it's not that it's a continuation of the show it's essentially the third act of Frasier which is kind of what they did following Cheers so i it would be interesting to see how they how you would potentially do it i'm curious how and cat would picture it that's interesting okay i have a hard time picturing it because i didn't really get into the Frasier thing um, that would be more of a, how Gersh would picture it, but I meant, I, I meant Cheers, sorry. Oh, I just, I really do think it's just something, I don't know, like the 30th anniversary. Well, I guess it would be the 50th anniversary of, or something of Sam pitching a major game or something. And there's a reunion of some sort and everybody meets up in the bar for sure. that. Like, I think that that's how you approach it is there's some significant thing that causes you to be in that bar at that time. Yeah, I think they could do it as like a one-off. 
you know, something like that, like uh, uh, everybody getting everybody goes back to Boston to celebrate Sam's anniversary of something. I think that'd be fun. I also yeah, like, I think it doesn't need to be anything more than like one hour. There was um, I think there were only two. I think there were only wait, no, were there three? There were three episodes of Frasier I can think of that had Cheers people in, not including Baby New Earth as Lilith. She was on a bunch, but like Sam, uh, Ted Danson was on one episode. Um, John Ratzenberger was on one episode and I can't remember her name. Diane, who plays Diane? Diane was on an episode. Uh, yeah. Um, she was doing like a play or something in Seattle and she was on an episode. Those were always really funny. And I think also what was really smart about Frasier is that they spaced those out. So like outside of Lilith coming back, cause she was like a, kind of a recurring person. She was maybe, I don't know, maybe it's like a dozen episodes that she's on. She has a, obviously as Frasier's ex-wife, there's a much different story there than these other characters, but they were really smart about spacing out these other interactions. So that were like, it was very much like a celebration of, who Frazier the character was in Boston and these characters coming back and having that. Um, oh, Woody was on an episode. So Woody Harrelson was on one too. So um, they were really smart about spacing those out. And it wasn't just like, they were just like, Hey, it's an important episode or it's may sweeps or whatever they say in the television world. Uh, we need to, you know, we need to make something happen here, but I do like that idea with cheers. I'll give you that one for sure. Um, okay. I'm just going to go down this list as I have it. I changed my mind. Uh, my two other shows that in the I needed more of these right now category, um, one of which I talked about a couple weeks ago, and that's the Muppets from 2015. Um, speaking of shows about shows, this was uh, this was again, the Muppet, the Muppets on television in the guise of Miss Piggy doing a late night show that in the same way that 30 Rock literally took place inside of the NBC fictional universe. The Muppets took place inside of the ABC fictional universe. So like the show was going to the Mupp this show, Miss Piggy show was on ABC and all that. And they were able to like lean on that a little bit too. But like that was a, sh I don't know. I don't know, man, that show was really good. I think I was probably the only one that watched it, which is why it got canceled. Um, and I was like the only one who didn't have a problem with the fact that Kermit and Miss Piggy weren't in a relationship, which like the rest of the internet did at the time. I really like that show. I just need more of it. I need more Muppets. That's what I'm saying. Um, the second one here and the last in this particular category uh, is a little show called Party Down. I don't know if anybody, I don't know if any of you have seen this show. Josh, you're making a face that makes me think that you know I'm about the show. Fast with Party Down and no one ever knows about Party Down. I right. love that show so much. Let me let me um, let me educate the audience. Party Down was a show on stars, which is part of why nobody saw it. It I think it was only two seasons. It had to do with um, this group of actors who all worked at the same catering company. And so it's like. These people that would go and cater jobs in and around LA, like weddings and parties and the things that you do when you work for a catering company. But at the same time, it's like their trials and tribulations and struggles about getting acting jobs. And it's just hilarious. Um, Ken Marino is in it and Adam Scott and uh, Martin Starr. It's just so good. So good. Um, the cast was amazing. It was cr like the 
criminal how good the cast was, but it's just a, such a good show and like something that is just like a really, really funny concept because this is absolutely like a real thing, right? Like actors that aren't working are working in the service industry or they're doing other kinds of jobs or whatever. And this was just like a perfect way. It was like, OK, we have all these funny actors. How do we get them to be funny on purpose? Right. Like Adam Scott on Parks and Rec is hilarious, but like he's playing a character. How do we get Adam Scott to play an actor to play playing an actor like and it was. Oh, God, it's just so it's just so funny. It was such a good show. It transitions really well. I have a mouthful of chips, so I'm trying not to fuck that up. You ended quicker than you usually do. Um, it transitions really well into a show that I would like to see an update slash reboot of because you said Martin Starr. I want to know what the hell is going on with the kids from Freaks and Geeks. Oh, like, yeah. It would be so amazing to take that show and have it be that show only they're the parents now and it's the kids going their kids going through school like i think that it would be an amazing thing to bring back it has to be judd apatow i'm not accepting freaks and geeks part two from anyone but judd apatow but i really would like to see how all of those characters played by the people who played them act as adults and that again criminally underrated cast he was so good at finding these people that were going to be future brilliant actors i don't know that brilliant is the right word in some of those cases but very talented actors and actresses and he got them all as like little baby actors and actresses and i there's a story about why that got canceled um it hit too close to home. A lot of the people who canceled that show, they would have been the people in high school that made fun of the freaks and geeks. And so the rumor is it hit a little too close to the heart of something real for the people who canceled the show. Well, that's just too damn bad. Sorry, your feelings are hurt. You're here to make money, not have feelings. This is what television's all about. That surprises me, if that's true. Um, because it's a very good show. Uh, okay, that actually transitions into another sh a show I have in my other category, and that's my so-called life. So, like Freaks and Geeks, only one one season of these shows. My so-called life was so like, I don't even want to use the word progressive because like, that's like, I think that does a disservice to what the show was about, but it just talked about so many things about like so many, so many topics um, that were like really hard hitting in its time that it's, it's in this category of like, obviously of shows that were canceled way too early that should have been able to like live beyond this one season. And like, it's the kind of thing that I don't think you could, I don't think you could really reboot it right now because there's other, there's just other shows that take place 
there's other like high school drama shows and and the thing with freaks and geeks like there are just other high school drama shows and that's okay but the i liked your freaks and geeks angle of how you would do it i I back that like this is just something that was just way too ahead of its time and like it was on around the same time as beverly hills 90210 which was similar in like its level of drama and complex relationships, but um, was like, I assume I can only assume more popular one because it was on. uh, No, they were both on network TV. I just assume it was just more popular. Um, But like the, my so-called life, I felt like dealt with, it dealt with complex issues in a way that weren't soap opera, which 90210 definitely leaned heavily into the soap opera concept. I think there were multiple things. I have so many, so many thoughts on this. Um, I think there were multiple things that hurt my so-called life. Um, for starters, at a time when it wasn't popular to have an openly gay character, it had an openly gay character, and I think that that hurt it in its radiance in some ways. The same way that having Angela, who was a really overwhelmingly defiant of her parents and authority figures character yeah there was a lot of there was a lot of backlash for having these really open real characters because like dude it's the 90s like there there were openly gay people in the 90s and there were very angsty kids in the 90s like that is the reality of how it was but i think i can recall there being a lot of like no, you cannot watch my so-called life from parents. And I think that it really did hurt it in the ratings that it was edgier than most TV shows. Like it, it was Gilmore Girls before there was Gilmore Girls, but it was Gilmore Girls if you had like given Rory a mohawk. Like it was legitimately like an edgy version of like how life was in the 90s. And it was cool for that. That's why those of us that did watch it really liked it because we were like, this is pretty close to how shit actually is unlike things like 90210 which were obviously like okay you guys are 26 and you're telling me how to be a a teenager um i spent the most time on this list thinking about this specific show and what i would do with it if i were to reboot it and it would not be a reboot well it would be a reboot but it wouldn't be a reboot with the same characters i would not bring back any of the people who played the original characters I would love to see what somebody could do with my so-called life if they took it out of the 90s, placed it into right now, and told the same story in an updated timeline. I, I just, I want to see who Angela becomes. I want to see who the other, Jordan Catalano. Like, I want to see, like, how you update these characters to reflect how things are today. The same way that I would love, and I think they are doing this, how you would do the wonder years if you took it from then and put it into right now. Like both of those concepts, I I would really like to see how a writer would update that using the same plot line, the same characters, but a completely different timeline and like different technology, different, because a lot of the problems that you had in my so-called life, like they're solved by like a cell phone. So I think that, 
it would be interesting to see how they would adapt it if they would just redo it completely based on, you know, a changed timeline. Jordan Catalano not being able to read is not something you could solve with a cell phone, but point taken. Uh, and speaking of the Wonder True. Years, we are getting a Wonder Years reboot. That was another one I forgot about until you just mentioned it, that Don Cheadle and uh, Dulé Hill are in. So I'm all about that. I, I'm I'm looking forward to that. I don't I let. <sighs> I liked Wonder Years fine. Um, I don't have quite the like nostalgic affinity for it as I know others do. Um, I am very interested, though, in seeing what this reboot's going to be all about. It is probably my favorite show of all time. Like, I love I love it so much. And as a diehard, I'm excited that the way that they're rebooting it is so drastically different than the original was and i'm i'm fucking here for it like good for them for not you know casting an entire white family 40 years later or whatever it's been yeah all right my next category of shows are ones that i want spinoffs of or ones that needed or deserved spinoffs um the first might surprise you because it is star trek related so this is actually two shows that I'm going to use in the same bullet point here. Uh, first, Star Trek The Next Generation, um, Wesley Crusher was never given the respect that he deserved, quite frankly, by the by Starfleet and certainly Will Wheaton by the showrunners of that show. Um, I've heard him talk and read some like his accounts of working on that show in the late 80s and early 90s and the how poorly he was treated is really shameful and it's part of the reason why he was not on that show for very long um wesley crusher gets shat on by the internet because um men are little babies on the internet and they need to pick on somebody and so wesley crusher becomes the object of that ridicule uh he just deserves better and what i would love is a grown-up wesley crusher story of you know we got his teen years on the enterprise uh and then where where, where what is what is grown-up wesley crusher doing where is his career taking him that's really like what i want uh, the other Star Trek angle is is Star Trek Enterprise, which is my least favorite of all Star Trek television shows. Uh, it's not bad. It's just some one of look, there are only if you if you put the shows in order, one of them is going to be at the bottom and this one's at the bottom. Um, it was really interesting because it takes place the earliest in the Star Trek timeline. It has to do with like human like even before i can't even th- remember if there's actually a federation it's like the very early days of like having a federation and then like the vulcans like withholding technology to earth what i want is i wanted more of like the vulcan side of it like who are these aliens seeing the us weirdos down here on earth figuring out how to fly like i want that side of the story because like in the show, the Vulcans are kind of positioned as the not the bad guys, but as bad guys, because like they're withholding technology and they're like holding back 
humanity's advancements. And I just want, I want a little bit more of that. Um, I thought that would be really interesting. Uh, I have two others on this list, but I do want to bring you in on one of them. So I'll do that one second. The next one, first one is white collar. So I love white collar. Uh, and I, it was a show that I didn't love how it ended, but it's not in that category. The final season was good, but I didn't love how it ended. And I don't want to spoil it. There are other shows later I'm absolutely going to spoil, but this one I won't. Um, there, it was just so good. There was definitely room for more adventures with Neil and Maz and the whole FBI. Like there was just room for more there. And I would love like talking about spinoffs, like Neil and Mozzie, like mentoring little thieves and con men. Like that would be adorable and hilarious. And I would love to see that. Um, did you ever watch white collar? White collar is hands down the most underrated Tiffany Amber Thiessen. Oh, without a doubt. Time. Like she is. Talk oh, she's by the great. Bell, talk 90210. This is her role. She was fantastic in this. It's so good. She I is, love that show. It was, she, it's that, really, this really was like, she was like the surprise of the show because it was like, Oh, who is this? Like this actress who's been around for a while. We've seen her grown up through all these other shows. And now like, she's very much a supporting character in white collar, but is fantastic. Like her, it's just so good. So, so good. Um, okay. The last one in the spinoffs category is scrubs. Scrubs, which kind of already did that with their last season. But let's be honest, it wasn't very good. I like the idea of students of JD and what's her face and Turk being the grownups. Uh, Elliot, that's the what's her face I was thinking of. I love the idea of them being the grownups and then, you know, like mentoring young med students. It just the last season of the show, it just wasn't very good. And I feel like there's like there is a way to do a a comedy based medical show and do it properly. You know, like House and Grey's Anatomy. And I'm sure there are other medical based shows that are just they're just dramas. Um, There is a way to do more scrub style medicine, te- medical television and have it still be funny and emotional and impactful. And if I would love, for, I would just love for that to happen again, but like properly and given the time it needs. Um, I didn't have any problems with the cast. It's just like the show just wasn't very good. I just didn't really like it. It wasn't for me. And they had like, it was so weird. I remember when this was coming out that like each of the lead actors was only going to be in three episodes or something out of like the dozen or however many shows, however many episodes that final season ended up running for. And it was just like, they were already hamstrung because like that, these actors were often going, doing, going and doing other things. I think that was part of the reason why they weren't going to be on like a full season of a television show. And like, it just needed, it could have been so much better. And it's sad that it wasn't like the show ends when the when JD's storyline ends at Sacred Heart and he's leaving the hospital and like the t- oh, my God, like I'm going to start crying just thinking about that ending. 
and then to come back and like have this other season, it's just like it just kind of t- t- a little bit tarnished the legacy of the previous eight seasons, which were so good. No, not all like A plus television, um, but still very, very good. And like, I just I want like another shot at that. And I know you have similar Scrubs based feelings. I do. The the eight seasons that existed before the shitty ninth season, which we don't talk about, even though we're going to talk about it right now. Um, it made the ninth season feel like a cash grab. Like it was totally a cash grab. They saw something that they could exploit to fill a hole. And I don't think it would have happened if they hadn't switched networks, which is unfortunate. Um, I did have a thought and it's not really scrubs related, but it is semi Turk and JD related. It's more Donald and Zach related is I thought about the idea of rebooting perfect strangers, but have them be the perfect strangers in it. And I thought that the concept of placing them into that would be really cool. I would also, I would also put the two of them in a reboot of the odd couple. I think that would be hilarious. That would be cool too. That would be very good. We should do a whole podcast on what we would put Donald and Zach Raffin <laughs> because honestly, I could put them in fucking anything and be happy. Uh, we absolutely can. And now we most certainly will. Cool. Um, um, before you, go ahead. you move on, yeah, yeah. I had a semi sci-fi related one that I was going to put in. Um, I would like to see what we could do with quantum leap with today's technology. Um, for those that don't know, quantum leap was a weird 80s show where a dude basically solved problems in other people's lives every episode. And then he would flash into another person and it was just seasons and seasons and seasons of him jumping from person to person fixing something in time and then moving to another place. It's like everybody in the world's poor man's doctor who, I don't know, but I, I think it would be a cool show to see what they can do with it. Now that like, you know, film and technology and special effects and things have updated. Like there are things that I would like to see remade today because it would be interesting to see what they could do with technology. And that's what, that's one of them. I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't be mad about watching as long as they didn't do it shitty, then I would be mad, but I would like to see a quantum leap reboot. Something that's not on my list, but that is, it, that is now we kind of got that modernized quantum leap 10 years later in sliders, but like, that's a show that both of those updated with like modern special effects and like the just the quality of writing that's on television now, I would really be interested in. Sliders almost made this list, um, but I was like, OK, leaving it off. Just a, another really good cast of characters, too. And like another I thing, like of these four people who were just like thrown together 
that how I don't even remember like how this random cast of characters ended up being together of like Jerry O'Connell's character and then the professor and then the singer. It was like a whole thing. It was like Gilligan's Island, except traveling through time. Um, but like that's another thing that was kind of the modernized version of Quantum Leap because it was like an, it was the obviously episode of the week storytelling or story of the whatever. You know what I mean? Um, so like it pushed it a little bit farther. But yeah, I think I think would be really interested to see a, a modern day version of that. Yeah, similarly, I almost put Flash Forward on on this list because like I really liked it. It came out a couple of years ago and it was the same concept where like there were these things in time and like this dude like stole a fuck time machine and went and fucked shit up and then they had to go it was I don't know, it was like back to the future basically. But in a different way, because there was no DeLorean. But um I thought it was cool, and then nobody else thought it was cool, so they got canceled. There's two shows on this list like that, actually. Um, and they're from the same time. I remember watching them almost back-to-back, actually. Um, the other one was Pitch, that had Mark Paul Kostler in it, and it was about the first female Major League Baseball player. And I thought the storytelling in it was great. I thought it was incredible. And then, like, I'm watching it, and then, like, there's no other episodes, so I don't know. I don't know if she ever... Got to stay in the majors. I don't know if she went back to minors. I don't know what the fuck happened to her. But both shows I picked from that year, they got canceled because mm. I have bad taste in things, apparently. There were um, these, the, neither of these shows are on this list, and I can't remember what one of them is called anymore. But like, there were two, sh- I remember a TV season in the fall when I was like really invested in these two shows, and then they both got canceled. One of, one, one of which was called New Amsterdam and it starred Nicolaj Kolster Waldau. Isabel is raising her hand as like this Viking guy who lives forever. And you got these really cool vignettes of like New York city over the course of hundreds of years. And he played like, honestly, it was kind of like castle, which is on this list in my other category of like just this guy who has like a semi relationship with the cops. I don't know. I, I don't really remember the show, but I remember really liking it. And then it got canceled. The other show from this very same time period starred um, Kevin, Kevin McKidd. Is that the, got the guy from Grey's and Rome? I can't remember the name of this one. I remember looking it up because I was talking about it when we were streaming something a few weeks back. But it's another that that was like another modernized version of Quantum Leap, where like this guy who kept like time traveling into the past to go fix people's problems. Um, another really good show. But again, I remember this distinctly of these two shows that came out and started at the same time. And then both got canceled. And that was like, that wasn't my year for TV shows. It happens. Um, okay. The next category before we, okay. So just, I have three other categories of shows here. One is reboots and fresh starts. One is terrible final seasons. And then the other is other. I'll get to the other ones. I'll get to the other others at the end, but the main two lists here, reboots and terrible final seasons. We're going to start with reboots. I'm going to give you all three of these because I feel like we'll have a lot to talk about here. So the ca- the criteria here are shows that just need to be re- like they don't need to be redone per se. The originals stand on their own, but I just want more of them, but like in a fresh start way. And those are Chuck, The X-Files and The West Wing. 
Now, I'm going to start with Chuck. Chuck I liked a lot. Had to do with Zach Levi gets like a CIA supercomputer in his brain. And then like he can see things and he knows who people are. And like it was funny. And Yvonne Strahovski is in it. And the other guy from Firefly, who I wish wasn't, was in it. Um, It was a good show. The fresh start I want for this show is just like, I want this, but in like a dramatic format, in like a more modern television format of this guy, this like regular guy who gets put into like the spy world, because I just love spy stuff. So that's where I would want it. Like um, Burn Notice, speaking of spy stuff, one of my favorite shows um, definitely more serious, more on the serious side, but it has funny moments. I mean, Bruce Campbell's in it for crying out loud. Um, but if like taking the premise of Chuck of just like a regular normal guy who gets like thrown into the CIA, NSA secret ops world, I think doing that again in a format that's like a little bit more dramatic than what it was like the show when it premiered was like a, a comedy with some drama in it. And it was fine. I liked it. Could have been better. Here's where, like, this is where I just want, like, a new, a fresh take on that show. Um, Next was The X-Files. Now, I have a lot of admiration and warm and fuzzy feelings about The X-Files. It brought David Duchovny and Gillian Anderson into our lives every week. And for that, I am eternally grateful. Um, Here's my take on this. I want the adventures of young Mulder and Scully. Like I want the two of them, listen, hear me out here. I want the two of them to go to high school together and solve mysteries in their town. Like supernatural style mysteries. What do you think? I think as long as you don't have the people that wrote young Indiana Jones do it. I mean, (laughs) I, I like the concept. I think it's cool. I think it would be interesting to, as long as you don't Riverdale it, I think that it's totally a cool idea. I think as long as it has the same like writing tone as the, the real show. Yeah. I'm, I'm in. I would watch that. Cause like, this is like, I don't, you know, like I don't need, we don't need another supernaturally style detective show. We have plenty of those. There's a whole show called Supernatural. Like there's plenty of other stuff in that realm already. So we don't need that. What I just, I want like the the adventures of young Mulder and Scully. And like, even though it's totally improbable and it breaks the canon of the original show, I don't care. I don't care. This is what I want. And I would like it now, please. Lastly. Is one of my favorite television programs of all time. And that's the West Wing. Now. Uh, this is this is on this list for a lot of reasons. Um, one is it's always fun to recast the original show with new with different actors. Um, there was one where it started with like just switching um, Martin Sheen and uh, oh God, what's her name? What's um what's Abby Bartlett's? What's the actress that plays her? She's in Greece and like a bazillion other things. Her name is escaping me at the moment. Uh, Give me one second. 
It wouldn't unmute. Stalker Channing. Stalker Channing, thank you. Yeah. So like there's I typed one... in Rizzo and I got Rizzo, yes. Rizzo and Iowa. Anyway. So like there's one recast I've seen that just starts with swapping those two characters so that Stalker Channing plays President Bartlett and Martin Sheen plays Mr. Bartlett. Um, and then like everything else, it, 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 all the other characters were also uh, gender swapped in that way. Um, so it was a really interesting because like there were really interesting dynamics there because then you have um, uh you have all the male characters played by female characters and, and vice versa. And it's not just like what I think was really, again, really good about the West Wing. It, doing, a, doing a swap like that doesn't just like, it doesn't just change the like power gender dynamics of the relationships because take CJ's character from the original series. Like obviously she's like one of the most powerful people in the, in the West Wing. Um, and one of the most powerful women in the West Wing. And so it wasn't like, you know, it wasn't like, oh, we're we're changing the bosses and their secretaries, even though that is some of what's happening here. So this this anyway, this is on this list for that reason. One, because like I think it would just be fun to reimagine the original West Wing series with different actors. Um, when we got the When We All Vote special last year and Sterling K. Brown played Leo's part for that HBO special. That was fantastic. I would watch Sterling K. Brown read the phone book, uh, let alone like get to play in the West Wing world. So that was great. Um, more than anything, though, I just want like a smart political show on television where smart people can disagree with one another and like still get on with their day. Like that's what the West Wing did more than anything. And like, yes, it was like pretty left leaning and pretty liberal in the show, but it didn't. Tr the West Wing television program did not try to villainize, quote unquote, the other side. Um, there were times when there were legitimate battles and like legitimate grievances between Democrats and Republicans in both directions about who wanted what and who wasn't doing what for what. Those are all obviously real conversations and like the real things that happen in D.C. and elsewhere. But it was like. At its heart, it was just a show about people trying to do these jobs. And it was on. It was on in the um, in the Bush era. So like it was very much like, a, you know. The opposite of like what we were seeing in Washington, in the real Washington of these imaginary people in um, in D.C. And I just like just. There's a lot of good, smart television on, but there isn't another West Wing. And like, I don't, I, I, it, it, that, that's my, that's my, that's my take on it. I just want, I just want more of that. I just want a show that makes me feel, that doesn't make me feel bad about being smart. Let me put it that way. I guess similarly through the entire election. I, I wanted I wanted them to reboot the newsroom. I the, I wanted to know what Will McAvoy would do in every situation. And while I like the ending, I think that it's great that they did the, the British thing where they got in, told the story, got out. They didn't let it meander too long. Um, I was very excited that 
he actually got to finish a TV series. I mean, he finished the West Wing, but, you know, every other series has been complicated. Um, I would like to see what the newsroom would do with the current political climate of today. I think it would be interesting to see how they they did it. I don't know that you could ever do that show without um, shit. What's his name? You talking about Jeff Daniels? The, no, the other guy that fell at the end and and died. Um, fuck me. Harley is the character you're talking about, right? Yes. Waterston. Oh yeah, Sam Sam Waterston from Law and Order and a million other things, right? Yes, I don't think that you could ever do the newsroom without him. So I don't know that it's even possible. But it would be interesting to see what that cast would do with the climate of today. I think what's interesting there is like I don't I don't even know how you begin to write fiction about the Trump years. They were just so bizarre. This, the, the, all of the facts were much stranger than anything we could make up. For sure. However, if there is a man that can do it, it is Aaron Sorkin. <laughs> Fair enough. All right. Moving on to my terrible final seasons category. Yes. Um, I put these in one order, but I'm going to read them in, in reverse order. The first one is Eureka. Eureka is a show I absolutely love from beginning until the last season. Here is the part where if you haven't seen the show, it's about to get very spoiled for you, but you should watch it anyway. The last season of the show involves the town getting kidnapped and put inside of the Matrix. And no, I'm not kidding. There's like a rogue government agency, rogue lowercase g government agency that like wants the technology that the people in Eureka are working on. Eureka is like this like high-tech haven in the Pacific Northwest. They don't really specify where, but it's like super high-tech R&D stuff for the military and for other things. So like there's this rogue group of people that want their technology. And so they imprison them and put them inside of the matrix. And so that like, then they monitor them on televisions and see how they go about their days and like try to reverse engineer their technology. I just wanted to throw things at the television. The show is so good. Like the first few seasons of that show are just top notch. I love the premise. I love the characters. It was a show that celebrated super smart people doing super smart and fun things. And I was here for it. They had a, um, Fortunately for them, they didn't do time travel until far later into the series. But like even the time travel thing was fun. It wasn't like, oh, they're just doing it because they ran out of ideas. Um, It was actually interesting the way they did their whole time travel thing, because like similar to uh, Captain America, uh, Captain America Winter Soldier, that goes back in time to like Eureka in the 50s. Um, and it was like what the town was, the town and how the town was founded back then, like as this like extension of the U S army and like as a, as a military research facility. And it was just really fun. Um, 
the whole Matrix thing was just god awful. They put God, they they put Felicia Day inside of the house. Like Felicia Day was one of the characters on the show in the la- in the last season. She was very funny. She was good. She was doing Felicia Day things. She's one of the characters that gets sucked up into the Matrix and she gets killed. Sorry, spoiler alert. But like her her brain is still like her her like personality is still inside of the Matrix. And so they transfer her personality into the smart house on the show. And that so like then she becomes like the AI of the smart house. And then there's a scene where the guy who is in love with her goes into a room to conceivably have sex with the house. And no, I'm not kidding. I'm just saying they could have done a little better, little better there. Yeah, it got pretty weird at the end. Um, It's good, though, like, well, not the end, but the rest was very good. It's a great show. It's something that I do wish I kind of thought about coming into this podcast with a question, like if you could go back in time and change five shows so that like time and space happened in a way where you're not disappointed with things what would be on your list and it that would be eureka would be one of the shows on my list like i think that it's really important to highlight how good the beginning of that show is and how bad the end of that show is like and heroes-esque what's ironic is that the other two shows in this category would absolutely fit answer your question the other two shows, I'll just give them to you now, are Battlestar Galactica and Lost. Now, yeah, Battlestar Galactica, valid. great. It was like billed as the West, the West Wing in space, which it absolutely was. Um, it was a really, really, really good show until the end. Uh, and I don't mean like the end end. I mean, like, I mean, I do mean the end, but like the whole premise of the show and they did a they did a prequel series uh, Caprica, which only got one season, which could have been really cool. But like the whole premise of the last two seasons, I think I'm right about that. I can't remember. But like this, this, the um, the Cylons, the robot species, they had like created 10 different humans, 10 different human shapes so that like the Cylon people could they, they, they could inhabit one of these 12 different human shapes. And like the whole end arc of the show was like figuring out who the last four were and it turned out they were all main characters the entire time so like including including the guy who was like literally the second in command on the ship so he was a robot the whole time like what the actual fuck guys um that part i didn't love i just thought that was super dumb uh and then the actual ending 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 i just didn't like the whole like I like it was interesting about them being like the first humans on Earth, but it wasn't interesting enough. Like it just they could have done had they not done the stupid robot hunt thing of like figuring out who the last robots were. They could have had a more meaningful ending to that of like the whole time they were trying to get to this mysterious planet to be their future home. And they got lost fighting robots along the way. And like, I get it. They're their series, like the series main villain, but ah, God, it was just dumb. There was a whole season 
guys, there's a whole season where they get to a planet that's just covered in mud. And they're like, yeah, this is it. This is where we're going to live forever. Covered in mud. And then like everybody loses their shit. I'm like, what are you doing on this mud planet, guys? It was just dumb. That's what I'm saying. Complicated. Very complicated. It's definitely up there with extremely disappointing writing that stemmed from really good, like engaging content. And I mean, everybody that's listened to this podcast knows that we are both very angry about the way that Lost ended, but I'm equally ended, I mean, equally upset about what they did with Heroes. Like the first season of Heroes is basically perfect. It's it's so good. It's it's sci-fi at its absolute best. It's storytelling at its best. They reveal the characters slowly one by one. It's it's like Marvel Universe good. And then they just fuck it up from that point forward. And it sucks that like you can't sustain these things that are so amazing. Or you also have the universe in television where there are these really amazing things that are too smart for people. And you're going to be able to relate to this. Brian Fuller, like your boy, Brian Fuller, Discovery, Mm -hmm. Deep Space Nine, Brian Fuller. He's done some really brilliant things in his life that just have been shit on. And it's, it's disappointing. Pushing Daisies, Dead Like Me. Like, they're so smart and they're so creative and they push the boundaries of television and then nobody watches them and we're stuck watching 57 seasons of the Kardashians. Like, it's it's just, it's a huge disappointment. Pushing Daisies almost made this list. Um, I love that show. I my My biggest television regret, which obviously isn't my regret because I had nothing to do with it, is I wanted Brian Fuller's season of Star Trek Discovery. He was brought on in the very beginning as the showrunner, and then he left to go do American Gods. And then he and um, Michael Green got fired from that show. Um, so it was just like, just just a insult to injury. I wanted more than anything to see his Star Trek. Um, Pushing Daisies is so good. So good. Uh, it's not on this list because I wouldn't even know what to do with it other than like I might just go rewatch it. The cast. That's Kristen Chenoweth why is not, I left it off my list. Oh, uh, but like that Hannibal Hannibal's not for me, but like I know that show is beloved by people that love Hannibal. Um, yeah. Oh, man. It's just like uh, that was such a I'm, shame. I'm right there with you with Pushing Daisies. Like. I, I wrote it down for this podcast like six times. And I was like, you can put these words here, but if Josh asks you what you're going to do with it, you're going to have no fucking idea because like, what can you do with that show? It was, it was creative. It was smart. It was funny. The characters were charming. People just didn't watch it. Like it wasn't a flawed TV show. I just think that I, I think that he, he's cursed. I don't know. Something about Brian Foy is cursed. Like everything he's touched somehow has gone sideways. And that's sad because he's really, really talented. I um I went to an event which I invited you to. 
in New York City that was before the American Gods premiere. And it was some of the cast, as well as Brian Fuller and Neil Gaiman and Michael Green. Um, the Ian McShane was there, who's fucking hilarious in person. And um, the guy who plays Shadow, he was there. Uh, there were a couple of other cast members there, but I mainly remember the, the two of them because Ian McShane was freaking hilarious in person. Uh, anyway, that first of all, you should have been there. But second of all, yeah. um, that was to be in the room with those people like Neil Gaiman, obviously as the writer of the book and one of like the people who certainly leading the show from behind the scenes, but very much letting Brian Fuller and Michael Green, the writers do their thing. Um, it was just like, that's the room to be in to see these creative minds take this book, which like couldn't, was like they said that they said it couldn't be done and they did it. Um, and then to then find out later that they're getting like kicked off the show that, um, Orlando is that Orlando Jones. I can't remember. There was another guy who like got like, there was a, a lot of controversy about him being fired or let go of the show. It just seems like star. This was a star show, I think. Yeah. Yeah. It was, on it was just, really troublesome management from the network. Um, so much, so much promise. Um, okay. Let's talk about lost. Oh my God. We don't have enough time to talk about lost. Similarly to heroes. Great first season of television. Season one of lost from plane crash to hatch. Amazing. Um, what Lost did really well is it made you care a lot about the flashbacks. Like the first three seasons were all flashbacks about telling the stories of the people who were on the plane and what they did in their lives leading up to said plane crash. Um, last week when we talked, uh, when we did our music episode, we talked about Drive Shaft and like Charlie's story and like with his brother and the whole band just it it was incredible the way that they the way that they kept going back to that to find new interesting things to show in these people's backstories that somehow explained three seasons worth of behavior really really top-notch storytelling um somewhere along the line the show went off the rails a little bit uh and I the, the, here's the thing. I like some of what they did in that last season. I liked some of the flash forwards. Um, mostly those having to do with uh, Saeed and him being like a secret assassin for hire. And I, I thought that was a really interesting story. I wanted to see more of that. I liked the thing of like Ben, um, again, spoiler alert for Lost, being down in like the thing where he's like, turning the giant crank. I liked, um, uh, I can't remember Elizabeth Mitchell's character's name, but like, there's a whole thing with her and Sawyer. It was just like, there's some stuff that they did, which actually felt meaningful to pay off these dozens of episodes of this show. But like, it just, oh man, it just leaves me disappointed in how it ended. 
I I think that you nailed. Well, okay, for starters, her name was Juliet Burke. Thank you. Um, I I think that <clears throat> I think that you really nailed why the way it ended was such a huge disappointment for me, and it's because for all of that time you were ridiculously invested in these characters, like. I can't think of many TV shows that I felt emotionally tied to characters the way that I did Lost. And it's it's a number of reasons, and we've talked about this. For starters, like, it was a time where the way that you watch television was different. And so you yeah. had time to just sit and stew on every episode until the next one. And by the time you got to the next one, like you were ready, you were you were good to go. You wanted it to go, and you had thought about it. It was like, it was like un, like it was. I don't know. It was just dangling out there, a week later, and you were just like, okay. And you did this for I, how many seasons was this on? Eight seasons, four or five. So like eight years of your eight years of your life or something, five years of your life, whatever. It's a long fucking time. That's the point I'm trying to make. And then you get there and you're like, what the fuck was that? Because I don't know. I, in a fight, a head to head fight, everybody that's mad about the ending of game of Thrones and the time you invested, <laughs> I would say, and I would be willing to put my money on loss. Like, I think that it's worse. It hurt. It hurt a lot. Lost was peak water cooler television at the time. Um, it was yes. something that I didn't watch when it started, but like my boss at the time had, he was a big fan of Lost and he lent me like the first two seasons box sets on DVD. And like, I literally ran through those in a weekend and I'm like, all right, I'm ready. And that was before season three was going to be on TV. Um, but like it, you couldn't wait, you know, there was no, there was no streaming. There was no nothing like you had to watch it or you didn't, um, or you had to wait for it to be out much, 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 much later. But like it was, there is so much good in that show. There is outside of, there is one episode of Lost specifically, which ranks up there in probably like my top five episodes of television of all time. Um, it's called The Constant. It's a Desmond solo episode. It's the best. And no, I will not be taking any questions at this time. But it just like, the legacy of that show is tarnished by its ending. And quite frankly, if I'm again on my soapbox here, it's tarnished by its beginning in J.J. Abrams not having a plan. J.J. Abrams announced recently that the problem with the newest Star Wars trilogy is that they didn't have a plan. Josh, they didn't have a plan for the biggest media IP on the planet. They didn't have a plan. How do you, how, 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 how do you not have a plan? How? I mean, it's not like he's had billions of dollars in 20 years. Disney and turned to him and said, here, too much. JJ, lead us into the, lead us into the future. Star Wars is yours. And he said, cool, I'm going to write the first 10 pages and then I'm out. I'm only paraphrasing a little. How do you not have a 
didn't have a plan for Lost. That's what I'm getting at. That's my long way, circular logic rant back to Lost. Didn't have a plan for Lost. I don't think you're paraphrasing that much. <laughs> I think it's probably pretty much what happened. Um, how is Disney? How is Disney so good with Marvel? And so bad at Star Wars. Now, I say that I love The Last Jedi. Last Jedi is good. Ryan Johnson, he's also a really great writer and director. And like The Last Jedi is a Ryan Johnson ass movie. If you've seen any of his other movies, Knives Out, Brothers Bloom, Brick, Looper, it is a Ryan Johnson ass movie. And that is a that is a highest compliment I can give a movie. Last Jedi is great. Force Awakens, very good. It's it's a new hope all over again. It's still good. But like we were supposed to get a very different episode nine. Um, Colin Trevorrow, who wrote or directed, I don't think he wrote, he directed uh, Jurassic World, was supposed to direct that movie and supposed to probably write it as well. And that didn't happen. Because Disney were like, no, 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 we got to bring JJ back. Oh, God. Meh. There are parts of what the heck is that movie called? Rise of Skywalker. That's the last one. The Rise of Skywalker. Yeah. There are parts of that movie that I like. There are parts of that movie that I think are really interesting. There are other parts that they totally blew it. Totally blew it. Uh, I don't want to. Mm, this is not a Star Wars podcast, but there's this. We're clearly talking about TV shows. There's a scene where somebody dies that like had that would have been so that scene would have been so much more impactful had what they showed actually happened. And like that just commit is all I'm saying. Just commit. But like, no surprise. Oh my God. Mm, They didn't have a plan. How do you not have a plan? How do you not say like, Hey, Kevin Feige, can we borrow somebody to do the other giant, the biggest billion dollarist media IP on the planet because it's kind of important. It's going to make a lot of money. Can we just like, do you have like an, do you have like, who's your left hand? Like, do you have like a guy? Who's your guy? Can we borrow him for like an hour to fix Star? Like, I don't, I don't understand how Marvel can be so good and how Star Wars can be so bad. And they're the same company, Josh. It's the same. Did you intentionally make a left hand joke in the middle of that? Yes. Okay, just making sure. I'm all I'm that all hot now. Point. I'm like literally hot. That's how that's how angry I am about this. My point. Do you want a compliment? Will Will it help? I'll give you a compliment. Sure. You made an obscure ass reference to brick, and it made my heart <laughs> full. Good. Okay. Nobody, nobody, nobody fucking knows brick, and I was just like, oh. We celebrate the entire Ryan Johnson canon around here. Um, That's, I, I support. My point is that there was no plan for Lost. Is that Carlton Cuse and oh god, who was the other guy? There was another guy. I can picture him, Damon Lindelof. They were the two. I think they were on the show from the beginning on the creative side. Um, but then they basically had to take over. J.J. Abrams creates this universe and then he leaves it to them to take over. And they then ran the show for the rest of it. So it was consistent. It wasn't like Star Wars where they had the like, people coming coming and going. 
but it just like you, you built it, right? You built it. You got to finish it. That's my biggest criticism here. Um, I can't remember where I was going with that. God help me, but no, no, no plan. Um, I'm going to rant a little about JJ Abrams now and things that I love that he's fucked up. Lovecraft country. Leave the fucking know, book alone. I didn't know he had anything to do with you that. You fucked it up. Okay. Fair Executive enough. Executive producer. Westworld. How'd you fuck up season two? Like, dude, season one, fucking amazing. Season two, fuck you. I can just keep going. There's more. Everything he's ever touched, like, fuck him. 11, 22, 63, that book was fucking brilliant. It was brilliant. You cast it wrong. Like, I fucking, I hated the casting of it. It just was not correct. Maybe he didn't do the casting. I don't know. I just hate J.J. Abrams. I will make everything his fault if I can. It's just... Fair enough. I Super 8? Like, fuck Super 8. Get the fuck out of here. Great. You used a shitty camera. We get it. Like, no. Go away. I cannot. That concept, the back and forth concept that they did in Lost that is so good, I really like it. This Is Us did it better. Like, that's that's where that's how I feel with J.J. Abrams. We just got a lot of unsubscribes. It's my fault. But whatever. <laughs> that's fine. Look, they knew what they were getting themselves into. You're not going to listen to this podcast and you're not going to listen to this an hour and 20 minutes in without expecting some of this in return. Um, all three of these shows in the terrible final seasons category are all really meaningful to me. They all have parts that I will always remember. There is like really great stuff that happens in Eureka and Battlestar and Lost, but I can't rewatch them because I know how they end. Other shows I can rewatch because I know how they end, but these, because I know how they end, I can't rewatch them. Um, all right. I'm just going to give you my list of shows finally in my other category. One of which was my so-called life. We talked about that earlier. Another was Castle, which I mentioned briefly. Castle was a really good show. I really liked the concept. There was, that show is kind of ruined because of like the, all the like tabloid stuff about Nathan Fillion and um, Stanya, Stan, okay, hang on, hang on. I looked up her name before I get it wrong. But just about like how apparently he was terrible and the lead actress was like crying in Stanya, Kadek, Kadek? I'm sorry, I don't know how to pronounce your name, ma'am. That like she was like crying between takes. She plays Kate Beckett on the show, like the lead cop. It was bad, apparently. Like if you look up anything about it, you will see all of these things about apparently, allegedly, how terrible he was to work with. I, 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 I cast no judgment on it because I don't know. Um, also, I, I like I didn't work on the show, so how would I know? But it was just a really good show. And I really love the concept of a writer who writes about the police who then gets like embedded with the NYPD. It was just really interesting. And um, I would just love that world that like he was writing books. He was writing books while 
working case, quote unquote, working cases. And then like every season there would be like, oh, hey, his new book came out like they would make it part of the show, which is always really interesting. Um, the supporting cast of the show also really, really good. Uh, another show which actually gets an honorable mention for bad final seasons is Fringe. Fringe was like the next X-Files. Like it was that level of cool, supernaturally investigative stuff. Joshua Jackson was in it. And, um, uh, oh God, who's that guy? Who's the actor who's in both Destiny and Horizon Zero Dawn, which I'm playing through right now, whose name I can't remember, who's in this show, who I'm Googling. I'm Googling. Lance Reddick. Lance Reddick. Just a fantastic actor. As good in, like, he's, he's also in lots of video games, which I, I love. Um, but he's just great in person, too. Such a commanding presence and really good on the show. And um, John Noble, who plays Joshua Jackson's father and the show, just really, really so good. Uh, that show was really good. The last season definitely went off the rails because apparently there were aliens. And then, like, there was it was like a weird in the future alien like occupation of New York City. I don't know. I don't like it. Um, and then last, lastly, uh, sorry, not lastly, second to lastly was, uh, is Psych. Psych is a show I love more than anything. And I recently just did a rewatch. Um, and it's only on this list because like, I just want more, you know, it's like a procedural detective show that's funny and heartwarming. And obviously like, you know, I'm not saying that like they should keep doing that show, Dulé Hill and James Roday and Corbin Burton. They are going and doing other things. It's just like a show that I love more than anything. And I just want more stories. I'm I'm over the moon that we're getting a third movie. I can't wait for that. Um, and then my last last mention here is a show called Revolution. I don't know if you ever watched the show. Uh, basically, it takes place in the nearish future after um after we have lost electricity. So like, imagine all of a sudden the lights go out, like literally the lights go out and there's no more electricity. And then like the world kind of devolves into madness. And it's just really fascinating. Um, it's based on a, it's based on a comic series, I think. Anyway, uh, it was just a really good show that had a lot of promise that only got two seasons. And it, also did flat it did smart flashbacks in the way that set up the world of like conspiracies and like what happens when the lights go out and all like the tribal nature that people turn into because you know that's what they need for food and security and all these things just really fascinating um just didn't get enough um who's the guy what's his name he was gus fring on uh breaking bad and he's in Star Wars, and he's in The Mandalorian. Who's that guy? I can't think of that guy. Giancarlo Esposito. That's his name. Thank you. He was in that show. He's good in everything. Uh, that was just a show that was just too good for its time. Maybe too ahead of its time. Um, and like, they never, it just didn't get time, it didn't get enough time to breathe. Like, there was one episode I remember distinctly where they showed a map of the new, uh, they showed a map of the United States and it was like all messed up like of where the territories were and where the borders were. And I wanted like four hours on that map. And I got like three and a half seconds. That's all I got. 
I made a similar list. I mean, it had things on it that we've mentioned. But this is what's left of things that I think just needed more time to breathe. It got screwed, got the, the dirty end of the business. And I have five left that we didn't really talk about. Okay. Maybe. Undeclared, which was mm. the second network series by Judd Apatow. It was basically the same as Freaks and Geeks, but it was in college. It was a bunch of people living in a dorm together. Fucking hilarious. The cast was good. Um, Fox screwed it around by moving it all over the place. Didn't have a set time. Um, Carnival. I think Carnival got screwed so hard. That show was so good. Like most HBO shows, it was ahead of its time and it just didn't click with people. But if you go back and rewatch it now, it's just as good as everything that they've ever done. Um, I think Don't Trust the Bee got screwed so hard. Yeah. I could watch 50 more seasons of that show. That, I almost, that almost made this list. That show is and so good. I don't know why so it good. didn't stick around. It's so good. Um, similarly, I don't know why Scream Queens didn't stick around. It was fucking hilarious. Um, there were so many characters in it that I didn't expect to be who they were in it, including the really grumpy, annoying girl from Glee, who was fantastic in this. Um, can't think of her name. Michelle. Blah, 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 blah. Um, hang on. Go ahead. Uh, the next one is Jessica Jones. I think Jessica Jones got screwed so hard. I think of all of the Marvel things, it's in my top five. I loved Jessica Jones. She's sarcastic and gruff and dirty and disgusting, and I'm fucking here for it. Like, more of that. Like, she is who Scarlett Johansson wants to play in these movies. Like, whatever. Um, So those are some of the things that I think got screwed. Obviously, like, Pushing Daisies is on this list. Freaks of Geeks is on this list. Eureka is on this list. Um, I could go on. There's so many things about film that I, and TV that I think just people got wrong. Um, everything Aaron Sorkin has ever touched, Sports Night, deserved more time. Um, but we'll, we'll leave it there because I'll talk for another three hours. I'm very passionate about canceled shows and the people have really bad taste in things it happens such is the world of television uh isabella and or lucy do you have any hot television opinions you would like to share with us um any shows that you uh have any thoughts or feelings about so uh two things before i say anything else one uh the girl from screen screen Okay, no. Scream Queens uh, was Leah Michelle. Yes. Um, Second, I was looking up J.J. Abrams things before because I was just genuinely curious about what else he may have done that we might not have known about. And on his IMDb, there is a section that just says additional crew, and there's only one credit. And it says Shrek because apparently when they were initially starting to figure out how they wanted to make Shrek look the way they wanted it to, they had two different companies or two different people try to come up with like the concept first. And one of them was JJ Abrams who wrote a thing for it. And they did a uh, motion capture test 
It was only like 45 seconds, but they ended up not going with it. But he was listed on this for that. So I thought that was hilarious and I needed to share. The best decision Um, they ever made. (laughs) I don't, I think you guys covered the most, like the majority of it. Um, I was trying to think of this throughout it and see if there's anything else that came to mind. And honestly, the only ones that did, first of all, we were talking about Hillary Duff the other day. Uh, Is and I have, have both said this many times. The Lizzie McGuire reboot is something that like I was extremely looking forward to and I would love to see where Lizzie is. But clearly that's not going to happen. I still want it to happen, so I'm still saying it. The other ones that I was thinking about to to try and add to this were one Summerland. Summerland is a show that I'm sure many people know nothing about, uh, but I was obsessed with it growing up. It had uh, Jesse McCartney, baby Zac Efron, um, Lori Laughlin, a whole bunch of other people. And it was a great show. Um, but it was also, I mean, well, great, great might be too strong for word. At the time, I thought it was great. Um, it got canceled along with a bunch of other shows around the same time. So I just think you'd be curious, like, I would be curious to see where a lot of those characters would be now because, because it was canceled, there really was no definitive ending. And the entire show was Jesse McCartney and his two siblings, their parents dying and Lori Laughlin being their aunt takes them in. And you kind of see some progression of them as characters, but the show literally just abruptly ends. And so there's no, there's, there's nothing that says like what happens to these people. And I'm just curious, like what would their lives have, have looked like um, after like their teen years. The other things that I was thinking of that I would add would be, Eight Simple Rules. However, I think it would be interesting to do Eight Simple Rules with John Ritter's son, Jason Ritter, as the main character and some sort of like updated take on it because that was a really great show. And then John Ritter died and they wrote that into it. And then they added in extra characters to try and add in some more comic relief. And it worked a little bit, but like ratings went down and it got canceled. And I, I, I'm curious if he would be able to like add some pizzazz to it. Pizzazz is not a word that I ever used, but felt fitting. And then my only other one is an updated version of uh, Clarissa explains it all, and then in doing like a more, you know, like an updated take. But it also then reminds me of something like Ned's Declassified, like doing something that's for the newer generation of a like life guide. But I also don't know if it's then something that I would watch if they brought it back. So I don't know. I just think it would be interesting to do some updated things on that. And that's, that's all I've got. <laughs> love it. Love. I love Clarissa explains it all. I like that idea a lot. Um, it's a great show. Jason Ritter. He was the, he was in, um, uh parenthood right no i've never yes. seen parenthood so i'm the wrong person to ask isn't he doesn't he play the and teacher I have not that, this. that lauren graham's daughter falls in love with and then she dates and like that that's that's him right he was in parenthood he was he does um, i just he looked played him up and that, that's him. 
I, oh, I like did that idea not a lot. realize that I did not realize that he was related to that's, that's Ritter, incredible. Yeah. But yes, that's him. On the flip side, I only knew him from parenthood, as we would expect. <laughs> that's totally fine. He um he's they've been putting he's been in a couple of of newer shows over the last couple of years. And I think that's the reason why I would be really intrigued to see him do something with Eight Simple Rules because Kaylee Cuoco started in that. At least that's where I first saw her, I think. And that show was really, really great at the beginning. And then I feel like season three, like once John Ritter died, it just kind of fell short because he was a really great part of that cast. And so I would be interested in seeing something with maybe Jason Ritter instead and seeing if like that's something that would actually stick. But I don't, I don't know what the, the rest of like, maybe not the initial concept for eight simple rules. The original, original name was eight simple rules for dating my teenage daughter. But like, would there be another eight simple rules concept that you can roll with? Cause it was based off of a book, but I don't know. I think it would be interesting to take a new take on it. Yeah. That made sense. I think it'd be cool. He's been he's been in a couple of things that I really loved beyond Parenthood. He was in a lot of the the Drunk History series, which is hilarious. And he was in a great show that I also think is underrated called Kevin Probably Saves the World. And it was really, really funny. Yeah. And a lot of the stuff that he's been in has been canceled. So, like, I want to see him succeed in something so badly. Also, his TikTok's really funny. Um, yeah, that's it. Okay. Well, that was a lot of us, an hour and a half of us, sharing our thoughts and feelings about television shows. Um, I'm surprised it only took an hour and a half. Well, we could go on and on. Um, all right. This was fun as always. Uh, I am going to go get some Taco Bell. That's where that's what's happening over here right now. Um, well, we're wrapping up here. Anybody else have any fun dinner plans? Already got Taco Bell taken care of. Got some Lucky Charms. I love it. Okay. Um, watch more television. Advocate for the things that you care about, and uh, rightfully share your voice about things that um, need need change. That's my advice for you. Stay home, watch TV. And shame Netflix for canceling Ozark. (laughs) You know what's ironic, actually? Or I don't know if it's ironic or not. I don't know if that's the right word. We didn't talk about any Netflix series. Um, the, The company with, like, the most money to spend that you would think would give shows the longest leash has just, like, a history of canceling stuff well before... It's it's, you know, run its time. Um, Drew Barrymore. What is the name of that show? The Santa Clarita, Santa Clarita Diet. Diet. That. That should not have been canceled. Yeah, that's my last. That's good. All right. I'm going to have some talk about support the shows you like. Talk about them on the Internet. Let the people who make the show know that you like the show. Um, if you like this show, you should let us know because that would make us feel good and we'll make more of it. Let's be honest, we're going to make more of it anyway. But if you let us know, we will feel good about it more than we always do. Or do. <sighs> All right, I'm hungry. Goodbye. See everybody next week. Same bat time, same bat channel.
If you have enjoyed today's episode, please leave us a nice rating or review on Apple Podcasts and or follow on Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, or wherever you happen to listen. Those things would really help us out. Don't forget to give us a follow on Twitter and Instagram, both of which are at JoshCastPod and on Twitch at twitch.tv slash untitled joshcast. This show is written and hosted by me, Josh Gershman, and Josh Hammond. It is edited by me, and it is produced by Isabella Stade and Lucy Benetti. The podcast intro music is Gemini by Alki, and the outro music is Cautious by Emerosa. Both appear on the Untitled Joshcast with permission from the artists. We hope you have enjoyed this episode of the Untitled Joshcast. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time. Oh, I got to be cautious.